Lord, are yeah. you on a boat? <laughs> we have a new move. Nate was debuting it just before the show. It's it's <laughs> Nate is like on a boat, but he's swaying, and it's a it's a dance move, guys. There you go, Nate. <laughs> We're gonna nope, call that. Move. We're gonna call that the Nate. It's now. It's a. It's nope, a new it's dance move. It's never coming back. It's gone. It's gone. Gone forever. It Here barely showed gone. up. Let's give That's it. Right. Let's give it time. You. Ha- you never know what kind of movement you can start across the United States. Oh my goodness, this is too funny. Well, good morning. How are you today? Oh, good morning. Good morning. Oh my goodness, we have been so busy here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life. I hope I don't look as tired as I feel. So excited to be with you guys. At this moment, though, I am actually on the sidewalk in Denver. Doesn't it look like it? I'm on the sidewalk in Denver. <laughs> we, we had to pre-record the show because I have a big training in the Denver, Colorado area this Saturday. At this moment, I'm out on the sidewalk with our Metro coordinator, Brianna, for the Denver area. And so please pray for us because at the time that the show is airing, we are interfacing with women going into one of the local abortion facilities there. So we would love your prayers. And if you're in the Denver area and you want to check out our five-hour basic training and learn how to help women and men facing unexpected pregnancies to choose life and to find the resources, help, and hope that they need, we'd love to have you. We'll still take you. Uh, you can go to sidewalkadvocates.org slash boulder sidewalkadvocates.org slash boulder. And I hope we can spell boulder correctly. Isn't it B-O-U-L-D-E-R? Is that right? Boulder? Yeah, you would win the spelling bee today. Good job. I got third place in my third grade spelling bee. And I still remember the, the word that I got out on. Everybody does. Like when you're in the spelling bee, you remember the word that took you out? It was vineyard. And it was because... The vice principal announcing the words, she had kind of an accent and she's like, all right, Lauren, your name is Vineyard. (laughs) So I spelled it V-I-N-Y-E-R-D, Vineyard. (laughs) In third grade, you don't know how to put the extra E and then you, you just don't know how to spell that correctly all the time, right? So anyways, I was proud of myself, third grade. There you go. Nate, have you ever been in a spelling bee? If I ever was, it was not important enough to remember. Okay. So, <laughs> so the statement that everybody remembers the word they got out on is, is not necessarily true. Okay. I, I really that I to had to have done at least one in elementary school, but I don't really remember. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. This is a moot point. All right. Well, again, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate, your favorite pro-life morning show. Once again, I'm Laura Muzica, President and CEO of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And I'm Nate Robertson, Vice President of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And it is such a great joy to be with you today, each and every Friday. We love spending time with you. We love talking about what's going on in the pro-life world and how we can all continue to change hearts and minds on the most important issue of our times, the cause of life. That's right. If you're new here, we welcome you. Thank you so much for joining us. We have prayer, news, stories, a special interview, tips, prayer. We're, (laughs) I mean, double prayer, right? Because we have a devotional at the very end of the show. That's why I said it twice. Uh, in about 30 to 40 minutes, we get all of that in. We always say it is all right here, folks. Just a reminder that this show is available every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central on Facebook Live as well as YouTube. So yes, you can watch the show typically live every Friday morning, and then it's posted usually later in the day to wherever you get podcasts. So exciting. So thank you for being with us. 
All right. Well, before we go any further, how about we start off in the best way? And that is with a word of prayer. So Nate, you want to lead us? Sounds good. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to be together today. Thank you for just continuing to show us your power in the seen and unseen ways and that you continue to guide us and direct us in everything that we're doing. God, we're grateful to be a part of the Pregnancy Help Movement and be serving women and, and men in, in need all across the country. God, we pray this morning for those who are going in and out of abortion facilities, um, seeking pregnancy information, seeking to perspectively end their pregnancy. And God, that they would have a sign in, and that maybe that would be in the form of a sidewalk advocate today. God, I pray that you would continue to lead our teams as they continue to reach out, that you'd continue to bless our teams. You continue to allow us to see the miracles that we're so honored to be able to see so often. God, I pray that you'd bless our conversation today, you'd bless this time together, that you'd continue to guide each of us in the respective roles that we play as we continue to serve women and men in need, and we continue to see the, a culture of life really established across the nation. Bless us today. We'll continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Nate. All right, here's our big headline for the week. So we haven't been able to update all of you on this big news. It was actually breaking news about 10 days ago or so. Um, so we wanted to go ahead and give you that update now. <clears throat> so here's the big news. Uh, the DC medical examiner will not immediately destroy the remains of the DC five. So you all may have remembered us talking about here on the show, or you've seen out in the news or on social media that there were five preborn children that were found, uh, after late term abortions. It's kind of a long story how they were found. And there was an outcry from the pro-life community asking the DC medical examiner to examine these precious children and how they lost their lives because it looked like there may have been foul play at play, so to speak. Um, now, of course, late term abortion is reason enough to you know, grieve the lives of these children. But again, just from a legal perspective, there was evidence that maybe more had gone on. So the Daily Signal had actually viewed emails between the Office of the Chief Medical Examiner, otherwise known as the OCME, and the American Center for Law and Justice, the ACLJ, in which the medical examiner's office said it would not be disposing of the baby's bodies as pro-life activists and conservative lawmakers had feared. So again, the evidence here in these precious children, uh, they said, would not be destroyed at the present moment. The medical examiner did not give the ACLJ a new timeline, but it did refer to a long queue of people and organizations who have been making demands on the medical examiner, such as the slew of lawmakers, including our own Senator Ted Cruz here in Texas, who have demanded that the OCME retain the remains. The ACLJ, which has been working to stop the disposal, said in uh, its release that it contacted D.C. one final time a couple weeks ago, Friday, to inform the officials that it planned to file an emer er, emergency court order on behalf of its clients, the Reverend P Patrick Mahoney and his wife, Katie Mahoney. That would have forced D.C. officials to follow the law and allow for the proper burial of these precious children. 
We are pleased that the Office of the Chief Medical Examiner acknowledged our client's statutorily vested right, along with others, as a volunteer next of kin for the purposes of giving these children a proper burial, the ACLJ told the Daily Signal in a statement on Friday. As the situation continues to evolve, we stand ready to take any legal action necessary, the organization added. So this, this is just kind of a quick update here in this particular case. Um, we, we do hope and pray, of course, that justice is done in this situation. Um, this is just a tough thing to talk about on the morning show, but we wanted to give you all this vital update because, again, it's so important that justice is done in this situation. Um, we pray that we can find out exactly what happened here. Again, these are, you know, this is evidence, of course, of late-term abortion, very late-term abortion, and there may have been something that happened after birth. We don't know, and that would be illegal. And so hopefully we can figure out what has gone on and we can see justice in the situation. So we just ask everybody to pray that justice is done in this situation and um, that the perpetrators are brought to justice in this regard as well. Um, so again, just an important update, Nate, as we move forward here, um, I'd like to get your thoughts this morning. Yeah, you know, it is a, a tough story sometimes to talk through on the morning show, but it is really important. And I think the, the reality here is how shocking it is that there is basically been a refusal to examine the bodies of mm -hmm. these babies in a way that they would have been examined if they were you know, a one-year-old child who died under suspicious circumstances. Right. Why is there such a refusal to examine the bodies and determine if they lost their life, unfortunately, legally um, mm. in an abortion, or if they, in, in fact, were um, perhaps delivered alive and then left to die? Yeah. It's, it's really just, again, this very two-tiered system of justice, this very strange situation before us where it seems that there's a refusal to make sure that laws are being followed in this case. And then we see on the flip side, at times, it seems like the DOJ is, is very willing to pounce on other so-called criminal activity that may or may not actually even be criminal and definitely <laughs> is not in the same situation of the life of a child being taken. So That's right. I think it, it is just really bizarre. And we do hope that these children are not just able to receive the proper burial that they deserve, but that they are examined to find out how they, um, in fact, did lose their lives. Yeah, yeah. So well said. Couldn't have said it any better. Lord have mercy that we do abortions as late as we do in this country. And, and of course, don't hear what I'm not saying at any stage. Um, it's a travesty against really the heart of God, right? Yeah. But um, where the humanity of these babies is so apparent, I can't get my mind around how the country can allow abortion as late as it does. You know, um, yeah. I would love to take our case to the American people about life at conception and, and how we have babies' hearts beating as early as 21 days after conception. In fact, some people are saying it could be as early as 16 days now, you know, and I, I pray that everyone embraces life at its earliest moments. But when it's in your face like this and it's so blatant and you can see the form of the human form of the child in front of you, I don't understand. I don't understand why the United States goes as late into pregnancy as China and North Korea. Again, let, let's make it illegal at every stage, right? Because we know the precious preciousness of every human life. You and I were once an embryo and a fetus and a, <laughs> it's a stage of human development, right? 
Um, we've just got a lot more work to do. We're making progress, but we have a lot more work to do. So may the Lord guide us. Hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, it is, let's kind of lighten the mood here a little bit, right? It is time for our victory story. And Nate has the victory story this week. So what you got for us, Nate? This is awesome. I, again, you know, as we mentioned, we are pre-recording the show. So um, I got this story just this morning, um, which is a few days before Friday when this is going to air. So this is an awesome story out of Nebraska. And I've kind of just titled it myself, Gift Bag Ultrasound Mom and Baby Saved. So this is so cool. It's super fresh. And it's just another great example of what can happen when we just have well-trained people positioned in the right place making sure that women have the information they need. So I'm going to look at my phone because I did get this text this morning. So what happened is that um, a, a young mother had arrived at this Planned Parenthood facility. One of the sidewalk advocates was able to um, speak with her briefly and give her a gift bag. That gift bag also indicated that there was information about an ultrasound that she could receive for free at another facility that was right there by Planned Parenthood. Um, in whatever brief exchange that these um, these two people had, this young mother was willing to go and get that free ultrasound. When she went and got that free ultrasound, she made a decision for life. And before she left to go home, she drove back by where that advocate was that had given her the gift bag. And she stopped to show them the ultrasound picture. How beautiful, how simple, how incredible. The miracles that happen each and every day across the nation as loving, well-trained sidewalk advocates are on the sidewalk of abortion facilities. So it may be a simple story, but it's a powerful story that when we do exactly what we have trained people to do, it works. And this is another baby saved, another mom saved from the incredible trauma and horror of abortion just because people were where they needed to be and trained with exactly what to do to offer those free resources, to offer that free ultrasound so that she had an opportunity to get medically accurate information about her pregnancy before making a life-changing decision. How awesome. So back to you, Lauren. I love that. I love how simple it is, right? But so profound. And that's what we find out on the sidewalk is that, you know, we, I was talking to a friend about this yesterday that we give God our loaves and fishes and he multiplies our ordinariness and, and we see miracles from it. And so how beautiful is that? And perspectively, that was baby save number 21,891. That's right. I mean, again, it's just, it never gets old, even with numbers like that, like stories like this never get old. So glory to God and a huge thank you to our advocates who were there uh, out on the sidewalk, this advocate who was there as a witness to um, help and hope. Really appreciate you and appreciate all of you. So beautiful. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I have the tip this week. So here's my magic tip. <laughs> I really want to encourage you to get back out there. I really felt on my heart, like this, this Holy Spirit tug to just talk to someone this morning who is, who maybe just had a day out on the sidewalk that really discouraged them. Maybe you were talking to a mom and you felt like, man, I had her right there. I gave her help and hope. I gave her options and resources. It felt like she was going to go to the pregnancy center. It felt like she was going to choose life. And at the last moment, 
boyfriend drug her in there or mom pushed her in there, or she just couldn't put all the pieces together, even though, hey, you may have felt like you laid them right out, right? And she still went inside and had the abortion. And I just want you to know that I have been there. Nate has been there. Our national team has been there. So many of us have experienced that very thing where we invested so much time and energy into someone. And we really thought, wow, they're going to turn around any moment here. I'm going to walk them over to the pregnancy center. I'm going to give them a map and they're going to drive to the pregnancy center. Right. And instead, mm, instead they went inside. Now, a couple of things that, that I just want to give you to encourage you, friend. Uh, the first is that sometimes we don't know what someone has chosen. You know, maybe you had to leave a little bit early. Um, maybe you didn't get to, for some reason, see the end of, of her particular story that day. And it, it may not be for weeks or months that she sees you back out on the sidewalk and she stops by and says, hey, I actually did choose life that day. Just because someone goes in and they walk out of an abortion facility, it doesn't mean that they chose abortion. We hear these stories all the time, right? So just know that you don't, you may not know the end of the story. But the second thing is, even if you do, even if you do, I really want to encourage you because first off, you were there, you answered the call, you did what the Lord asked you to do, and you planted vital seeds in that woman and family's life that absolutely we are standing in faith today will be watered and will grow and will bear fruit. The Lord is not done with that woman yet. And what if, what if you were there to start that process in a very spectacular way, you know, maybe a very ordinary way, but that's quite often how the Lord works. He takes our ordinary and he makes it extraordinary. You know, I know so many people, so many people that have one or four or seven abortions in their past. Yes, I have met them on the sidewalk. I have sidewalk counseled alongside of them. I used to work under a woman in my ministry um, who had four abortions in her past and it became her glory story, right? The Lord is not done with that woman yet. And I'm believing that the seeds that you planted, the prayers that you prayed, the way that you invested in her are going to bear eternal fruit at some point. Can we pray for that today? Can we stand in faith for that today? But as for you, the sidewalk advocate, the prayer volunteer who was out there that day, I just want to encourage you to keep going. I really felt on my heart like somebody needed to hear this, that someone is literally thinking about abandoning their ministry because they feel like a failure. They feel like it was, you know, they were so close and we all do this to, to ourselves, right? We go, oh, if I just said it this way, if I just said this phrase, if I had just done this, then this person would have magically changed their decision. And I can tell you that in over 20 years out on the sidewalk, that if you've made a, a pretty decent offer of help and they didn't turn around, they, they, they made that decision. That's not you. You didn't do anything wrong. Even if you felt like you were stumbling over your words and you were just loving that person that day and it, it didn't happen, it's not because you did something wrong. I teach this across the country and I get rejected all the time. Remember that if they rejected Jesus Christ, at least at the present moment, at times they're going to reject you. But again, we believe in the power of prayer. We believe in seeds that are planted, that are powerful enough to bear fruit in someone's life. The Lord is going to chase that woman down 
and he's not going to give up until we pray that she chooses to turn around, right? All she has to do at some point is turn around and say yes. So I just want to encourage you to keep going, to not give up, and remember that quite often your next victory is around the corner. Please know that we are cheering you on. So good. You know, I think it's just so profound and so important to remember that you you do have to understand that you did everything you could. You did everything right. When these things don't work out the way we envision them from our side of the sidewalk, the words of life are eternal and they Mm -hmm. are going to hear them. They're going to remember them. There will become a moment where those words come back to them. So that's powerful, Lauren. That's right. Absolutely. Well, I think there's a theme. There always is a theme emerging in our shows, right? And uh, I'm kind of marveling as I think about this tip and knowing who we're about to interview next. Uh, We are so excited to have a really special guest interview, someone who's never been on our show before, and she is no less deserving of a drum roll. So, producer, do the drum roll. We have with Benny, our new director of finance and administration, here to share her testimony with us. Hi, Nicole. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, we are so excited to have you. Uh, You've been with Sidewalk Advocates for Life for, what is it, about six weeks now, roughly? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, about six weeks. I know it's been like about six weeks. Yeah, it's been like drinking (laughs) from a fire hose. You've been very busy. It has. (laughs) Yep. Never a dull moment in the ministry. Uh, We are just so, so excited to have you. Well, um, we would love for you just to take a moment to introduce yourself and share how you got into the pro-life movement and a a bit of your testimony, Nicole, why, you know, really the spirit for why we invited you on the show this morning. Yeah. And again, thanks so much for having me. I'm very honored to be on here and be a part of that with you. Um, I have loved being with sidewalk advocates for life already so much. They've been um, really warm and welcoming. So just happy about that. I, um, I got, heavily involved in the pro-life movement in 2018. Um, It was in a volunteer capacity during that year and throughout 2019. So like halfway through 2018. And that was with several different things um, like sidewalk advocacy in Greensboro. I was also working along with Silent No More Awareness campaign. Um, I was writing for some like a website, like a social media group. And I also started leading a post-abortive ministry at my church at the time that we called Beautiful Redemption. Mm. And um, that was, I really loved doing that. And so got to do that for um, several years. And then when something opened up, um, I made a pretty major job change and into the pro-life movement as well. And that took place in 2019. And so that was from what I was doing at the time, which was being an assistant controller at a large um, corporation here in North Carolina, where I um, still live. And yeah, and all of that change uh, was happening in my life. And like, it really came about because I had gone through a pretty radical experience when my friend's baby died in 2018. And so those things like really just took off and took place uh, pretty quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. And just a a matter of a a few months after that event, uh, my husband and I have a couple that we're great friends with um, David and Elisa and their son, Abraham died shortly after he was born. 
Um, it was, there were no complications during Elisa's pregnancy. He, he took some breaths, he cried and he died and he was full term. And, um, for some reason that I had ever, I had never experienced anything like that, um, with it being like a close friend or like, you know, in my own life, I had, you know, I, I knew that stuff like that would happen, like happens, but it had never been so personal and it affected me as if I was experiencing PTSD. Mm. And um, the reason why that was is because God said to me just the very next day after Abraham died, they didn't have a choice, but you did. And he knew what he was saying. And I also knew what he was saying. And it's because I had been living with a 14 year old secret of, of shame. And it was that I had had an abortion when I was 16 and it was just killing me inside. I had never, even after eight years of coming to Christ as an adult, I was just ridden with shame and guilt and regret over that abortion that I had never given to him when I came to him. I never, I, I never, I never looked at it as something that I had done wrong. I, you know, with self-preservation as people, as humans like to do self-protection, I blamed my mom who took me to the abortion clinic. Um, she drove me obviously didn't hold me down, but in my mind, I protected myself as if she did hold me down Mm -hmm. and I blamed her for a long time. So I never accepted any kind of just accountability for it. Yeah. And so when I came to the Lord as a 22 year old, even though he gently brought it up at that time, I was like, Whoa, my mom made me do that. What are you talking about? And then he's a gentleman. He waits until we're ready. Mm. So he didn't mention it again for eight years. Wow. And it was just at that time that he had used that experience just to bring that up to allow you to heal, to allow you exactly. to do that, right? And to bring that yes. to him. And I think that's what's so interesting is that I think so many Christians, so many people in the church experience that, that they know Jesus, right? But mm-hmm. do they know the fullness of this healing available to them? Amen. Right? Exactly right. Yeah. Jesus doesn't want us to stay um, in pain. He wants to take our pain away. And you were, you were touching on a lot. And I was just in the backstage, like waiting to come on. And I was just nodding my head. And I was like, mm-hmm. because yeah. you were saying a lot that I could not agree with more. Um, I would say that Jesus is the most misunderstood person, um, you know, almighty being in our entire world. He doesn't want us to suffer. Yeah. And as, as my, as my pastor, my, my pastor loves to say, um, he doesn't want us to suck eggs on earth until we get to glory. He actually <laughs> died. He yeah. took a horrible death on the cross because he loves us so much, not only to give us eternal life one day, but for us to have an abundant life on the way to glory. Mm-hmm. We, we are so. capable of having all of this redemption um, just regeneration, reconciliation, what all of those things are available to us because of the death that he took on the cross today. It's not, it's not one day 
in heaven. Yeah. It's today. And then we also get the one day in heaven, which is so beautiful. And that's amazing. But mm -hmm. we don't have to suck eggs on the way. <laughs> I love that. The word, the word that's coming to me is transformation. You know, the way I look at it too, from my faith perspective, it's like I bring to him my mess and he transforms it. You know, like my friend and yes. I were discussing yesterday, we bring him our meager loaves and fishes and it, it feeds the crowd, right? It feeds thousands. And so this is what our Lord does is that nothing that's mm -hmm. brought to him isn't transformed if we allow him to do that. Right. And so it's yes. like when you were ready, when you were ready to say yes, I mean, it's just like when we were, when we think about the people we meet out on the sidewalk, we, yes, we pray that they say yes, right at that moment, we pray mm -hmm. that they'll say yes to transformation, but should they even choose abortion, then we pray that God loves them so much. He will not stop pursuing them and inviting them into not just eternal life, but abundant life here as well. So yes, so beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. So Nate, beautiful. I'll let you keep going. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, Nicole, you know more than many people, right? What the power is of someone being on the sidewalk when women are facing unexpected pregnancies. So yeah. how important is, is the ministry of sidewalk advocates to you knowing your story? And how would you encourage those who are serving moms in crisis on the sidewalk and beyond? Um, well, I, I know that this applies for a lot of women, but um, it, you know, it might not necessarily be every woman who has um, considered an abortion, have been through an abortion, but it, it's the most important in mine, um, unfortunately, and it didn't end well. Um, as, as you all know, I, I went through with the abortion, but um, so I didn't grow up in a Christian home. However, as a last ditch effort on the way to the abortion clinic, which um, at that time was only in Raleigh, North Carolina. So it was about a, a about a 50 minute drive. I was, um, you know, just shooting up requests to the universe. <laughs> hey, I, I, I remember seeing on the news that Christians frequent abortion clinics. Mm. And, um, you know, at that time, I wouldn't have known that it was sidewalk advocates. They get portrayed in, you know, not too friendly light. Sure. I did know that I had met, you know, Christians before and that wasn't accurate. So I knew that there chances are there would be some nice ones, maybe some picketing ones as they're portrayed on the news. But I was really, uh, you know, hoping, banking on whatever you want to call it, um, seeing them when I got there, mm -hmm. I was hoping that when we pulled in, it would be just enough of a, an encouragement, a distraction, maybe both that I would be able to vocalize to my mom, which I hadn't at that point, at that point that I didn't want to have an abortion. Um, yeah. She, she wasn't, it's not that she was telling me this is what you should do, but I felt that pressure from her. I knew what she thought would be best, which was that. And so, although I'm the one that vocally said, I'll have an abortion, and I couldn't bring myself to actually say, I don't want to, though. I was afraid of her reaction, you know, people-pleasing yeah. issues. Um, so yeah. I was really hoping that when we got there, I could see these people and then say, hey, mom, I don't want to go through this. I don't yeah. want to walk inside there. And then maybe we could talk to some people there, or we could go back to the car and talk. And just not go inside and go through with it. But when we got there, 
there was no one there. It was an empty yeah. sidewalk. And so we walked all the way inside and mm -hmm. I walked in and went through with it. And I'm not saying that to make anyone feel, you know, guilty. Like mm -hmm. it's your fault that I went mm -hmm. through that, but I can't, I can't express enough the importance of there being human beings and souls that are actually encouraging women. Hey, you don't have to do that. You don't have to go in there. And if you think that your presence isn't enough, it's not true. Mm. I can assure you that it is. And as you said, anyone that might be feeling discouraged, like maybe, you know, seeing people walk inside, um, like what they did wasn't enough, you know, just don't forget that the, the great commission, you know, love God, love people, make him known the great commission, share Jesus Christ to people. That's the great commission. It's not everything else. It's share Jesus Christ plus nothing else. Uh, but you have to be there in person in order to share Jesus Christ. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta be, show up. You gotta show up. Yeah. Mm. Because or else we don't know. We don't know when we don't know him. Yeah. Yeah. So powerful, Nicole. It's just like a reminder to me, to us at Sidewalk Advocates for Life, why we continue to do what we do. But I just, I hope everybody hears that the first step is just showing up. It's like when you were headed to the facility that morning, just a mere presence on the sidewalk would have been meant so much to you. And maybe just even just a few words, right? A few words mm -hmm. of love and encouragement. The idea that a little bit goes a long way. Gosh, it's so powerful what you just said. And I can't even do it justice. I'm just so grateful for your witness. And it just underscores again to those of you who go to the sidewalk, who give of your time, talent, and even treasure. You know, I know there's some people who can't get to the sidewalk, but they give to our ministry. They want to be a part of this. I just mm -hmm. want to know how grateful we are to you. Well, Nicole, um, we definitely have to have you back on. I've just, just been so inspired by your testimony this morning. Um, just as we close out this segment, talk to us just about the meaning of grace and mercy and healing in Christ, what that's meant to you and why you think that could have the power to change our culture, to heal hearts and to bring people to life. You know, so many times I think we look at the political landscape, so to speak, and we say pro-life and pro-choice, right? And a lot of ugliness and everything. But but this is this discussion is a reminder that this is a human issue, that this is a heart issue, right? Yeah. So what advice, just from your perspective, how do you see that being the medicine for what ails our culture? Yeah, I'm so glad you said it that way, Lauren, because what was coming to mind just as you were even saying this was um, this uh, just such a simple line, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Mm. We are all yeah. saved. We're all yeah. saved by grace and by yeah. mercy. The kindness of God leads us to repentance, mm. not the anger of God, not the hardness of God, the kindness of God leads us to repentance. And it was amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. We're all wretches. Yeah. yeah. I cannot lose sight of where I came from. And I'm not referring to a dirty past that God cleaned me up from, which was which is true. But there is no one righteous. 
compared to a perfect and holy God. We all need saving and healing. We all need cleansing from our sin. And he's the perfect and holy one. He's the one who could rightfully categorize us, but he doesn't. He shows no partiality. In fact, he tells us to not show partiality. Mm, mm, mm. So good. So good. Keep going. Every sin. I was just going to say he sees every sin the same. Mm -hmm. And we need the mind of Christ. Paul Mm -hmm. even tells us, give, have, have the mind of Christ so that we can do all of the things that he's telling us to do here on earth, view people the way he views people. We got to stop categorizing people. We got to stop elevating ourselves above other people. The only way a culture is going to change is if we start looking at it and viewing it and viewing the people in it, the people around us, the way Christ does. He doesn't show partiality. He tells us not to show partiality. We got to stop saying things about children like their burdens that he, the Bible says, be, you are a city on the hill. Yeah. We're supposed to, I think that we even look at that incorrectly as followers of Christ. It's not that we're elevated up here and we're in, we're just set apart and we're just so much better. I think the, like the picture of that, the metaphor that you're on a hill because you're shining into darkness, you're still in the land. There's no barrier wall with barbed wire fence around your city. It's drawing people from the land in with the light. And it's, it's God's, it's God's light. It's not your own. You're doing what you're doing things the way he says to do it Mm -hmm. through meekness, not weakness Mm -hmm. through kindness, Mm -hmm. drawing people in, in that way. We have to call children what God calls them. What does God call children? A reward, an inheritance from them. Even, even in the, even in this jokey way that you know we call children burdens. Oh, it, they're a burden, but you'll be happy about it. I think that we almost like overly romanticize in a jokey way. I can assure you that when a woman's on a fence on the fence of terminating her child, it's not funny and romantic. Call children what the Lord calls children. That's being set apart from this culture. It's not jokey to call children burdens because God doesn't call them burdens. He calls them a reward. He calls them an inheritance from him. And I think that we just got to stop linking our wording up with what, what culture calls children. We're, we're also making them burdens by doing that. It's so important what you just said, Nicole, because I have had times at the abortion facility where like I've met couples on the sidewalk who said we agreed two children. So they're reporting the third. I have a very vivid memory of my partner talking to a woman who was pregnant with her fifth child and we get like the overwhelmed, like we're human, right? I mean, I yes. have friends with many children. One of my friends just had her seventh baby because she was so, you know, welcoming to life and everything. And, and that's a lot. We just acknowledge from a human perspective, it can be a lot, sure. right? They're blessings. And it's kind of taking this culture and reorienting things. Like one of the dads I remember talking to in front of the Louisville, Kentucky abortion facility, you know, he was just, everything was very mechanical. Hey, we agreed this number. So therefore we have to, you know, take the life of this one. Right. And, and he Mm. was 
pie in the sky philosophical and just bringing him around to, like I said to him, well, where does love fit into this? I said, you love your other three children, right? And he goes, I see where you're going with this. <laughs> like, well, of course you see where I'm going with this. But anyways, it, it's just the idea here is bringing people back to what is good and true and right, you know, right. bringing people down to what the bottom line is. That's really the work of a sidewalk advocate is to speak truth and peace and hope into someone's circumstances, mm -hmm. sometimes reorienting the culture, right, to what is true and good and right. And we can do this very simple ways. But I think the verse, this is just a really good thing for, for to end on and, and really, I, I pray, resonates in the hearts and minds of everyone listening to this. It is the kindness of the Lord that leads one to repentance. It that's is the right. kindness of the Lord that leads one to repentance. I know that that's actually a verse that I've been thinking about a lot this week, ironically, that it's not <laughs> ugliness. It's not shouting someone down. It's not telling them that they're wrong. It doesn't mean that you're not right, but we just, the way that we do it, I think is so important. Is it drawing people, people closer to us or pushing people further away from us? Can we be the type of people, that city shining on a hill? that invites people to us and the glory of life and life abundant, right? That really is the, the work by God's grace of a sidewalk advocate. So Nicole, I just want to thank you so much for coming on our show and sharing your it's story with us. Um, glory to God for what he's done in your life. And again, how perfect yeah. was it with the tip that we just gave earlier. Um, I'm believing that again, whoever needed to hear this today, please send us a message. If this show resonated with you, we would love to hear from you. Send us a Facebook message, you know, through the sidewalk advocates for life, Facebook page or info at sidewalkadvocates.org. And again, Nicole is just, you know, walking evidence here of the fact that God can turn anyone's story around. And you know what? It's true for Nate and it's true for me and it's true for all of us because we are all sinners saved by the grace of God and glory to God for what he has done and continues to do in our lives. So thank you. Thank you for being with us, Nicole. Thanks we'll have so to have much. you back on yes. again. Right. Thank Thanks, you. Nicole. See ya. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> really that good. was one of the best. Them. Oh, man. Wow. That is just so powerful. I'm so grateful for Nicole's witness. So she is our new director of finance and administration. <laughs> But we'll have to bring her out from the spreadsheets now and then to share some of the wisdom <laughs> that God has given her. And we are just so grateful to have her as a part of our team. We have so many special stories on our team. We, we really do. We've had Linda on the show before to share her testimony about an experience with chemical abortion, which she shares around the country, right? And again, each one of our national team members, whether they've experienced abortion or not, has a story from the sidewalk, so to speak, right? Okay. We all have something to share from our journey that has brought us here. And so we're so grateful. All yeah, right. So great. Well, time to time to pray, right, Nate? We got a devotion with a word of prayer. Why don't you bring us home? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've had such an incredible show that's been laced with so much references to the scriptures today. I almost feel like we're doing a disservice to add one more, but um, I want to give you just one more scripture today for you to think about, to meditate on, and to spend some time praying on, as well as you think about this entire show and how just incredible the story that God is writing for each of our lives is. So today I wanted to bring you to 2 Thessalonians 3.16 which says, now may the Lord of peace himself give you his peace at all times and in every situation. The Lord be with you all. You know, the reality that we can find peace and that Jesus truly can be peace for our life and be peace in every situation 
is so real and so true. And here in 2 Thessalonians, we are shown that very clearly, that we should allow God to be peace, that we would seek peace from him, not from other places. And that even when situations don't go our way, we can know that we can have peace. Isn't that so true in Nicole's story and in the story of being on the sidewalk and on even in Lauren's tip about getting back out there, sometimes feeling discouraged, but needing to get back out there. Know that the Lord can be peace to you in every situation. Don't allow your peace to, to be stolen away by anything going on. Know that God is the author of peace. He is the one who gives peace. And we have the ability to embody peace, to walk around with peace every day, all day long, no matter what's going on with us. Um, so I encourage you to read 2 Thessalonians 3.16, read all of chapter 3, maybe read the entire book. It's not, uh, it's not um, a very long book, so maybe take some time and spend some time meditating and praying on the scriptures today as you continue to think about your place and your part to play in this great mission to be help and hope to men and women outside of every abortion, abortion referral facility, and to be helping them as they consider pregnancy decisions wherever you may encounter them. So with that, if you would pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this incredible show. Thank you for Nicole's powerful story. God, thank you for the redemption that you offer to each of us now and in the future and the ability that we have to walk out your call on our lives and playing the part that you have given us in um, reaching out to those in need. God, I pray that you would continue to bless each of us as we say yes to you and what you've called us to, that you would continue to guide us and lead us here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life, and that you would continue to guide and lead all of our partners in the pregnancy help movement as we continue to reach out to women and men in need and to families in need. God, we're so grateful for the, the story out of Nebraska today that um, of that baby that was just recently saved when the mom was able to get a gift bag at the driveway and, and go and get an ultrasound and make that, that decision for life. God, we thank you for the now almost 22,000 moms served and babies saved that we know of. And we thank you for all of the work that you continue to do. We'll continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise as we move into the days ahead. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. What a great show. Great I show. that the best way to end the show is with the Nate. Oh, my. Go ahead, Lauren. <laughs> Lauren's doing the Nate. <laughs> oh, you coined it. I win. I just want to say I won. Like, thank you. Oh, I have branded the move. Let's, let's, everyone is doing it out there. I can feel it. I can feel it. Everyone's doing the Nate. So wow. Hilarious. <laughs> do the Nate. Yes, I win. All right. Well, we hope that you'll join us next Friday for another episode of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central, Facebook Live, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the meantime, may you have a great week. And if you need to cheer yourself up, just do the Nate. <laughs> Hashtag do the Nate. All right. Have Thanks, everyone. Week, have a great everybody. week. Bye. Bye.